Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why don't people leave nine to fives? Because they don't think they can make the money. They don't think they can acquire a skill set to make more. Right. Why do people stay in a relationship that's okay? It's because they don't believe that they can get someone of a higher value. Right? Why don't people put out the content and they're scared? Because they don't think they're worth it. They don't think anyone will like it. Mm. Right? So our success is directly correlated to our confidence and our self-worth. Wherever you guys are watching this show, I would truly appreciate it if you follow or subscribe. It helps a lot with the algorithm. It helps us get bigger and better guests, and it helps us grow the team. Truly means a lot. Thank you guys for supporting, and here's the episode. All right, welcome back to the show, guys. Got with me a legend in the building, Nick Santanastaso. Did I pronounce that right? You crushed it. Let's go. Let's go. I was worried about that, but I'm glad I got it right. Well done. Got Thanks a complicated for me, uh, name. Of course, man. You're, you're a true inspiration. Appreciate that. There's not many guys that really uh, get me going, like inspirationally. We're going to get you going. Yeah. We're going to get everybody going. We're ready to rock. You're one of those guys, man. You just spoke on stage in front of 2,000 people. I did. Yeah. Thank God they liked me. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, I, I, think, I think stages is one of the most impactful ways to get your message out there. You know, one of the greatest beliefs that I can install in people is there's, there's people out there ready to pay you hand over fist. They just don't know you exist. Yeah. Right. And so most of this thing is an exposure thing. And so for me, getting on stages, even when I started off my brand six years ago, getting on stages or podcasts or Instagram lives was my way to exercise the muscle of getting better at articulating and also get in front of audiences. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like oftentimes people think they need a big audience to make an impact, but it's like, can I find someone who has an audience and has a stage that they would benefit from my message. And can I get on there, provide value, and whoever likes me, likes me. So we did that in San Diego with Aspire. Mm-hmm. Um, what was pretty cool is six years ago, I sat in Gary Vaynerchuk's office. And I got six minutes with him. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to be the greatest speaker in the world. you know. And he didn't really know who I was. He didn't really care. <laughs> He's like, okay, God bless you, kid. You know, good luck. And in San Diego, Gary spoke and I closed. That's nuts. So uh, full circle. It was, a, yeah. it was a great moment. Did you get to catch up with him? He came off stage, and I was getting ready to go on stage, and he came down and said, great to, great to see you, kid. And I was like, great to see you. I'm about to go close it down. Let's go. Let's <laughs> rock. Sick, so man. it was great. But thanks Dude. for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. Dude, your journey's been When I first moved to Vegas three years ago, you spoke at my first event. I did. 50 people. Yeah. And the fact that you're now speaking on stages with thousands, and you told me at that event you, you were going to do that, too. Did I? Yeah. Yeah, I talk a lot of right? But, but um. That was another prime example of I've, I never turned down opportunities to speak. I never turned opportunities to share. I never turned opportunities to share insight. And that's, that's the biggest thing is a lot of the times people want to be good at marketing. They want to be good at podcasts. They want to, go to be, be at speaking. It's like take every opportunity you can to get the reps in. I mean, like your journey is brilliant, right? It's like mm-hmm. you started the show. I don't, how long ago? Uh, nine months. Nine months ago. And then... It got a whole bunch of episodes, got a whole bunch of reps, and in every single interview, you're going to get better at communicating, articulating, asking questions. So it all comes with reps. Like The only thing that's standing in between you and the person that you want to become is they failed more than you did, and they got a whole bunch of reps in. Mm. Yeah, because I've I've done some research on you, and you were an introvert growing up, right? I was. I I think I'm still introverted. I'm a forced extrovert now. Okay. I'm an introvert. I I think I was introverted because... I felt like no one liked me. I felt like my body was a curse. I, you know, I didn't think girls liked me. So I was, I was very introverted. Mm-hmm. And through like Vine, we can go through all of that, but through like Vine and pranking and cr- becoming a content creator, I feel like you have to be this extrovert person. Mm-hmm. But even, even now, bro, it's like 
I'm on stage. I did 15,000 people with Tony Robbins in Miami, in Miami Arena. And Damn. it's like one, one second, there's 15,000 people in the audience screaming your name. And then 20 minutes later, you're in a hotel room alone. <laughs> it's sketchy. It's a little wow. weird, right? Yeah. And, but, but also, I recharge by being alone. Right. I recharge by not hanging out, not doing anything, because I'm always on, bro. I'm a, we're doing interviews. You know, we're, we're changing people's lives. We're doing seminars. We're coaching. And it's like, I just want some quiet. I just yeah. want to be by myself. I'm an introvert too, dude. A lot of actually successful people are. The more I've uh, like had guests on, most of my guests are introverts. Yeah, what do you think it is? You know, I know Ed Milet's an introvert too. Is he? Yeah, dude, I would have never talked about that. that. Seriously? Yeah, he's like most people think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an extrovert, but I'm, I'm an introvert. Wow. And I think, and many people may not agree with this, but I think a lot of us. Shout out to today's sponsor, NordVPN, my personal favorite VPN. You can change your virtual location very easily with Nord with one click and sometimes even zero click if you want to have on auto connect. It's got amazing speed. It's probably one of the fastest VPNs out there in my experience. And you can use one Nord account on six devices to make sure the whole fam is taken care of. You can also use it to avoid price discrimination. So you can see if certain products or services are cheaper in other areas or regions, which I have personally used on flights and believe it or not, I've saved some money. You can also use it to secure your connection, protect yourself from hackers, especially in public locations like airports, hotels, etc. You can make sure you're safe there. It's supported on every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, etc. So don't worry about where you can use it. They got you taken care of. You can get an exclusive deal at the link in the description, nordvpn.com slash DHS. If you're listening on audio, we will link it in the video. It's risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Check it out, guys. At least for me, for example, is I built a lot of my success or a lot of this persona to prove that I was enough to people. Mm. You know, I think I had a just a deep trauma, like a chip on my shoulder from being born with no legs, one arm, and everybody always doubting me that like I built this credibility and this brand and become an amazing speaker and all these accolades just to like bury the inner child, mm. you know, of like, am I enough yet? Am I enough? Wow. And I think there, I think for a lot of successful people, a lot of our success comes from trying to prove something, yeah. whether we want to prove it to our parents, whether we want to prove it to girls, when we want to prove it to our partner. And then there gets to a point where you have to shift and be like, Oh, I'm proud of me. You know, like I don't need anybody else's permission or validation to fill me up. It's like, I'm just genuinely proud of myself. And so I yeah. think there's a shift there. Um, but I think a lot of us have built big things off wanting to be enough. Absolutely. So when was that mental shift for you? Because growing up, you're probably getting all this hate and all this doubt and it, it really ate at you. But then you sort of had a switch, right? Yeah. So I didn't realize I was different, you know, like I didn't, as, as like a, a child in like first grade, second grade, I didn't realize I was different. You know, I didn't realize that I had a wheelchair or the people were taller than me, all those different things. And I think my big realization that I was different was in middle school. Mm. You know, like if we reflect back now or anyone listening, it's like middle school, <laughs> kids are savages, time. bro. Yeah. Right? Like we can remember like our dorky, nerdy selves and there's a lot of judgment and there's cliques and girlfriends and boyfriends. And I... What I my belief or my hallucination was it just like girls didn't like me that I wasn't mm. loved you know and based on specific experiences that we have we develop beliefs about who we are and what we're capable of mm -hmm. right so for example it's like if you do a podcast like say one of your first podcasts right and like you interview someone and you're so excited and at the end they're like bro you're a terrible host yeah. you may get in your head and be like maybe I shouldn't do this for sure right like should I continue the podcast should I keep interviewing people. But it'd be a totally different experience and totally different beliefs if after your first podcast, he was like, bro, you have this like natural talent to just communicate and, and ask questions like you're amazing. How would that make you feel? Right. Right. So you'd have a different belief. So based off beliefs, we develop, a, you know, based off experiences, we develop beliefs about who we are. So there was a specific moment where a girl made fun of me, you know, on the bus, like in a very direct, harsh way. And I started to believe her. I was mm. like, well, maybe she's right. What you know, like, she was like. She was making fun of people and she looked at me. She's like, I don't even have to start, bro. You're already too messed up anyway. Like, look Whoa. at you, right? I'm 13 years old. And so I started to believe like, maybe I am screwed up. You know, maybe I am disgusting. Maybe maybe she's right. Maybe girls don't like me. Mm. I'll probably never. And then, and then what tends to happen with psychology and you look at the brain is, have you ever had a moment where you woke up on the wrong side of the bed? Yeah. We've all have, right? If you're not conscious of your thoughts and what you're focusing on, your whole day will be negative. Right. You'll be like, 
traffic sucks. Why do I live in Vegas? Oh, I got to <laughs> do this interview. I hate this person, right? You just start, we call it stacking. So you can stack in a negative way and you can stack in a positive way. Mm. So when that girl said that to me, I started to stack in a negative way. Like you name it. I'm disgusting. Girls don't like me. I'll never go to my junior prom. I'll never go to my senior prom. I'll never have a wife. I'll never have a girlfriend. I'm useless. Like, you know, like you, we, that's how we dig ourselves into, into a dark hole. And that pain of not being accepted by women was the leverage that that catapulted me to change mm. right like what we need to understand is that humans will change for two reasons we either change for pain or we'll change for pleasure but when you look at psychology humans will always run away from pain faster than they'll run towards pleasure that's why we don't start going to the gym until the doctor says like you're gonna die mm. we don't leave the relationship until they become physically abusive or emotionally abusive right? We may not start the business or the podcast until we hit rock bottom where we're like, I got to do this thing. You may not fire the employee until they destroy the whole culture, right? Right. And so oftentimes as humans, we need to hit a pain threshold in order to change, right? But you don't always need to wait for the pain to change. But typically, most of our success and people watching this, like your success came from pain of mm. you trying to run away from pain. So for me, the pain of not being accepted by women and not having girlfriends and all my God, all, all my friends have boyfriends and girlfriends, like that ate at me. Mm. That made me feel inadequate. That made me feel not enough. And that's because ultimately I didn't have a great relationship with myself, right? Like I wasn't confident. I was insecure. And I think regardless of having no legs of an arm or all your arms and limbs, every single guy, every single girl can relate to not feeling confident, feeling insecure, but the only reason why we feel unconfident or why we feel insecure is typically because we're focused on what we don't have versus what we do have. Mm -hmm. Typically, we're focusing on what's wrong versus what's right, right? So for example, if a, if a guy gets rejected by a girl, right, he'll probably start focusing on like, is it my teeth? Is it my hair? Why didn't she like me? Yeah. I'm not strong enough. Maybe I don't have the muscles. Um, I don't have game, whatever it is, right? And so he's focusing on what's wrong versus like, what makes me an amazing dude? Mm. What makes me an amazing woman? Why did they miss out? Right. Right? And you see the shift of the focus or it's like, what would make me more confident? Is it getting in the gym? Is it learning new skills? Is it healing trauma? But ultimately, how others treat us is a reflection of how we treat ourselves. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so... I'm, I'm babbling, but the, the, the pain of women catapulted me into either taking my life or upgrading my psychology. Damn, that's very polar opposites. And how long did it take you to get that first girl, that first woman in your life? Um, I started wrestling. And so that was like, so my older brother was a wrestler. All my best friends, friends were wrestlers. And my whole intention was like, if I could become a wrestler, girls will like me, right? I'll be labeled as an athlete. I'll right. be, I'll be this, this, you know, this. So that Badass. was the main reason you went into wrestling? I would say. Wow. Right? right? Like, look, look, we, and we can get into it too. It's like after that, I started bodybuilding. Like some people may know me from a picture that The Rock posted with me where I was shredded and we were, we were lifting together. Right. I started bodybuilding for girls. It, and it, and it, it acted as a great purpose in the meantime, but it wasn't sustainable. Right. Anytime that you put your purpose in those external things, it's not sustainable. It may get you a result, and you may get some success, but long-term, it won't last. Mm. That's the same thing in entrepreneurship, right? It's like, if, if the very reason you started this podcast was solely to make money, you wouldn't have 300 or whatever it is. No, you wouldn't, I would have failed. You, you would have failed. Yeah. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't have done all the interviews. You wouldn't invite all the people. Connect, you wouldn't be so passionate about it. There's a deep, meaningful reason of why you do this podcast. Mm -hmm. But if it was just money, the show wouldn't be the show. Does that make sense? Yep. So... Um, wrestling, my main intention was pr to get girls, but I also, I wanted to feel good. And my intention was that if I could be a, a, an athlete, when everybody's like, oh, he's disabled, if I could become an athlete, that'd be badass, mm. you know? And not only an athlete, if I could become a wrestler, that's like really cool. I, like I, I viewed wrestlers as like super cool. So I, I pursued wrestling and there's a whole story about me like chopping this arm off and having to wrestle if we want to go into it. But, um, my older brother was a wrestler. All my best friends are wrestlers. And I was like, man, this is going to change my life. And so I sat my parents down. I was like, listen, mom and dad, like I want to become a wrestler. And they're like, there's no way, right? At the time, this arm, a little potato here. <laughs> but at, the, at the time, this arm was five inches longer than it is now. And my bone was going faster than my skin. 
So it was super sensitive. And the bottom line is, if I would have hit my arm hard enough, my bone would have came through my skin. Whoa. Right? So it was very sensitive. I couldn't do physical activities with it. And I told my parents, I was like, can we cut my arm off? And they're like, what do you mean cut your arm off? And I was like, yeah, like, aren't there surgeries or something that we can do? Like, it's hurting me. I want to become a wrestler. I know it's going to change my life. Like, can we do it? And they accepted my my proposal. Damn. And so I didn't do it, of course. And my parents didn't cut my arm off. But <laughs> my sophomore year, we scheduled the appointment for the doctors to amputate my arm. So they lasered five inches of the bone off. And then they pulled a skin from up on my shoulder over my arm so I could beat people up with it, you know? And so I was like, yo, doc, I'm going to have to beat someone over the head with this. Like, you better make sure you do a good job. Wow. And so my sophomore year, did the surgery, um, came back to school, the happiest kid that just cut his arm off. And junior year, I was a JV varsity, uh, JV wrestler. And then senior year, I was a varsity wrestler for my high school. Amazing. But that gave me confidence. Yeah. Right? And it, let, like, let's break this down, right? Because I'm a, I'm a firm believer that you will never make more than you think you're worth. Are you interested in coming on the Digital Social Hour podcast as a guest? Well, click the application link below in the description of this video. We are always looking for cool stories, cool entrepreneurs to talk to about business and life. Click the application link below and here's the episode, guys. Why don't people leave nine to fives? Because they don't think they can make the money. They don't think they can acquire a skill set to make more. Right. Right? It's like, why do people stay in a relationship that's, they, that they don't, they, it's okay? It's because they don't believe that they can get someone of a higher value right? Why don't you, why don't people put out the content and they're scared? Because they don't think they're worth it. They don't think anyone will like it, mm. right? So our success is directly correlated to our confidence and our self-worth, right? Now, how you build confidence and how you build self-worth, the very simple strategy is just do what you say you're going to do. What tends to happen is we make promises all the time. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start going to the gym five days a week, right? Mm. Or I'm, I'm going to start, I'm going I'm to start posting content every single day and they get all fired up about it. And next thing you know, they break the promise. Now on an unconscious level, every single time that you make a promise and you break it, you're diminishing your own self-worth. You're like the boy who cried podcast, <laughs> the boy who cried breakthrough, the girl who cried six pack. Yeah. It's like, you did a lot of talking and you made all these promises, but you've lied to yourself so much where you can't even believe your word anymore. Mm. Not only can other people not believe your word, but when you say like, I'm going to start a podcast in the back of your head, you're like, you know, you ain't going to do it. I know you a know? lot of people like does, that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. So you can start building confidence by simply making promises, following through on them, and then celebrating the fact that you did what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Right. And so I became a wrestler and, and that catapulted me. Oh, you talked about women. The question was like, did yeah. you get a first girl? Was it high school or after? High school. Nice. Um, high school, technically, for, yeah, for, first girlfriend. And... It was evidence. What do you mean? The brain is the best detective in the world. And it's always going to try to find evidence to prove yourself right. Right? So if you have a belief that I have bad luck. You ever hear people like, I just get the short end of the stick. Yeah, yeah all the time. They will always find themselves with the short end of the stick or they will create it to prove themselves right. Facts. For sure. Or always have terrible bosses. Well, even if you leave a job and you go into another job that's great, you will make the boss terrible to prove <laughs> yourself right. Yeah. Right? So um, by me getting my first girlfriend gave me evidence that I was lovable. Mm. It gave me evidence that maybe not all girls like no legs of an arm, but there's some girls out there that <laughs> wouldn't mind it. Does that make sense? It gave me evidence. Yeah. And so whether this is relationships, whether this is business, whether this is life, we're looking for evidence, right? Like I bet you when you had your first podcast and they loved it, you're like, evidence. It's doing something, Yep. right? It's like when you post a piece of content and someone comments like, this was really powerful, you're like, it works. But are you willing to persist long enough to get the evidence? Mm. Are you willing to post the show long enough until someone likes it? Are you willing to post the content until you get the following? Are you willing to follow up with the girl long enough until she finally goes out with you? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Most people aren't willing to suck suck long enough to be great at something. Definitely not. Yeah, you got to really. That's my long winded answer. It. No, that's bars, man. I mean, most people won't sacrifice months, sometimes even years, to get where they want to be at. You know. And I've done it. You know, like I felt I felt victim of that too. It's like you post a couple shows and you're like, eh, I'm gonna try something else. Mm -hmm. And I think when you look at success, whether it's you or other successful shows or anyone, they've been way consistent before anybody knew who they were yeah look right at, uh, like bro Matt you've been Rife. grinding yeah 
but you've been grinding like you've been building for a very long time you were you were the one of the youngest entrepreneurs i was like yo this guy's young with jersey like all that stuff mm -hmm. right and there's a season of your life where preparation meets opportunity mm -hmm. it's like you may have not known it but you've been preparing your whole life for the show to blow up the way it did i i have to agree you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like planned, but I know it wasn't what you mean. Planned. Like it just But like you've become the type of man that can handle this show blowing up and being able to rip content and like all these scheduled interviews, right? It's yeah. like the same thing for me. It's like I've been speaking and dedicated my life to psychology and communication for six years. But I feel like finally six years in, I'm finally at a point where like everybody in the circuit's like, yo, that guy can spit. Mm. That guy's that guy can transform lives. That guy can sell from state, whatever it is. So it's like six years of preparation where I'm not like the biggest and I'm still not the biggest, but it meets opportunity and I'm ready for the opportunity because I've been prepared. Right. So for those that are listening, like maybe your show's not blown up. Maybe no one knows who you are. Maybe no one's buying your products. It's like, put your head down, become a master and, 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 and dig your well deep of knowledge in like a few things and eventually you will be rewarded. Absolutely, yeah, it takes time. People don't see that. I mean, I just saw that, that Matt Reif kid. People thought he blew up overnight. He's been doing stand-up for 10 years. People didn't even know that. I mean, overnight success. Yeah, overnight success, right? And you've mentioned the biggest disability you can have is a bad mindset. 100%. And that's coming from you, so that's such a powerful statement. 100%. What did you mean when you said that? Well, why does a man with no legs of an arm have more do more in life than guys with all their legs and all their arms i don't have bigger muscles than you i'm not stronger than you i ain't taller than you i have a different set of psychology and a different set of beliefs mm -hmm. oftentimes we think it's a strategy game oftentimes we think it's a a, a tool game a tact a tactic game when in reality the most successful people just have a specific belief system they have psychology they have a they have an upgraded software system right so how many times have people gone to a seminar or how many times have you listened to an interview, you got someone to share strategies and then you did nothing with them, mm. right? The another you know, aggressive example I give people is like, how many of you know how to lose weight, right? You clean up what you eat, you move your body and the weight comes off. It's not that complex, right? We, we, now the Gary Brecker, we can get like deep, right? <laughs> but it's like, you know how to lose weight. Why don't you lose weight? It's not, the, it's, not, it's not the tactics that gets in the way. You already know what to do. Yeah. It's the same reason why in every single company you can give people the same book of business. You can give them the same strategies and how to close deals, but only a few will close. Mm. Why is that? Because it's psychology. So most people have all their arms and all their legs, yet they were handicapped and crippled by their upbringing. Crazy. And, and so what does that mean, right? Like most of our beliefs were cultivated between zero and seven years old or zero and 10 years old because your brain was in theta state. Mm. It's very suggestible, meaning like you popped out and your parents, whoever said dog, and you said dog, right? They said cat, you said cat. And then <laughs> they came over here and said, you can't afford that. You're like, I can't afford that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so at an early age, you pick up on these thoughts and you pick up on these beliefs from your surrounding, mm. right? If you were born into a family where your family, your, your mom and dad built their own companies, you wouldn't think twice about building your own company, right? You'd be like, oh, that's possible. I've seen it my whole life. But like, for example, for me, like my parents didn't build companies. They, they you know, they worked their job. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know any of this stuff. And so we are handicapped and crippled by our psychology, the stories and the beliefs that we tell ourselves. And most of your success in business and entrepreneurship won't come from learning new things. It'll be coming from unlearning all the BS they taught you. Wow, that's a powerful statement, man. But it's so true. because All the unlearning. Your whole childhood, you're just kind of going through the motions, not questioning anything, really. No, you just believe everything, yeah. right? It's like, big boys don't cry. Okay, I won't cry. I'll <laughs> soothe. Yeah. Big girls don't cry. Okay, I don't know how to deal with my emotions. But also, we have to have compassion for people because as humans, we only know what we know. Right. We only know what we've been taught. And so then we can turn around, we can point fingers at our parents like, oh, they didn't teach me this, they didn't teach me that. Well, my friend, your parents are doing the best they can with what they knew in their current conditioning. It was trickled down. For sure. It's one thing for you to be be born into a poor mindset, but if you die with a poor mindset... That's on you. That's on you. Right. Like, our whole goal is to break the chains, right? Like, I'm, I'm very passionate about being, I call it a lineage leader. Mm -hmm. The one in the lineage that breaks the chains. Financial chains, trauma chains, healing chains, all of the chains. And if I choose to have kids... 
they won't have to go through the trauma because right. I healed it. But oftentimes, bro, like we don't deal with our stuff and then we expect to have kids and like pass it on to them. Pass like what are we doing? Them, yeah. And then there's so many limiting beliefs and excuses that get passed on. Yeah. And it's like, dude, that's just a belief. 100%. And, and so that's what I mean when biz- biggest disability is a bad mindset because you can have you can have all your legs, all your arms. You can have no legs and no arms. Yeah. But there's no reason. The only reason why a man with no legs of an arm has a more grand life than some humans with all their legs and all their arms is because of my mind. Absolutely. This is a mind game, bro. We're in the Matrix, right? It's like, <laughs> it's all Jedi, Jedi stuff up yep. here. Now, do you believe in forgiving everyone? So that middle school bully girl, did you Ooh, ever yeah. reach out to her? That's a great question. Um, eh, haven't reached out to her. But... As I've elevated, like my my consciousness has elevated and I've evolved as a man, I wish I could go back and hug her. Mm. Wish I can go back and hug that little girl because she must have been going through something so harsh internally or maybe at home that she had to take it out on a little boy with no legs and one arm. Right. And so one of the greatest things that I've learned is having compassion and having forgiveness, you know? And understanding that hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. Like that's the bottom line. If someone's going to throw shade, if someone's going to throw stones, it's like, yo, they're struggling, right? So you can almost have compassion and be like, you know, God, God bless you. Like you must be going through some stuff, yeah, right? And so haven't reached out to her, but I've forgiven, you know, and, and you know, internally. If you're and, watching this, he forgives you. Yeah, hey, if, <laughs> you're probably not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're probably not because, no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, that's, but that's what I'd say is forgiveness and compassion is really key. And... It's not even for her, it's for me, mm. right? Like there, there's a really, really amazing tool. It's called blaming elegantly or blaming effectively. And what that means is oftentimes as humans, we will blame others for all the terrible things in our life. But if you're going to blame someone for all the terrible things in your life, you better blame them for all the good as well. Mm. It's not a one-way street, right? Right. So you may blame your dad for not raising you a specific way, but I'm sure you could thank him because because of the way that he showed up, you are a certain way that's powerful, right? right? Like say your dad wasn't there, like say, say you were a young kid and your dad wasn't there, like the very reason why you're a great man is because you didn't have one. Mm. So you can actually thank him for that. Right. But most people aren't ready for their blessing like that. Most people aren't ready to heal from that stuff. They want to stay angry. They want to stay blaming. Mm-hmm. But everything has two sides. There's negative things that happen to you with that person and there's positive things. So everybody watching right now, like if you're holding resentment or anger or negative emotions towards someone, you can blame effectively in the sense of writing a letter, making a phone call, sending an email, sending a text, and saying, hey, I may not agree with everything in the past, but because you were in, your, you were in my life, I want to thank you for this and that wow. and this and that and this, even if it's extremely hard to do, which it will be. And you send that text or you make that phone call, you send that letter, and it's not even about the response. I don't even care if they give you a response. It's about your liberation that person no longer has power over you dude that's so powerful yeah that's one of my biggest fears i don't want to leave this world with any regret any beef any drama i want it all laid out there you know 100 percent. and that that's the work that most people don't do no you know I, like i saw this, what happened with my dad man i mean he had a really bad falling out with his parents and he never forgave them his whole life and it ate at him Right. And you've, because you know that you're aware and, and that's why you are the man. You're like, yo, I don't want to have any beef. I don't want to have any regrets. Yeah. Right. So actually his trauma saved you trauma. That's true. It did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. And so don't like, don't harbor the emotions. You're only yourself, bro. And, and by the way, to be honest, the most people that you're holding regrets on, they ain't thinking about you. <laughs> they ain't thinking about you. They're holding a bunch of real estate in your head. They're in your head, but they ain't thinking about you. So you might as well liberate yourself. Yeah. But that's the thing, bro. Not everybody's ready for, ready to receive their blessing, and that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell people on stage, I said, my mouth will be moving, and I'll be talking, but not every one of you in here is going to receive a blessing. And that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. You, it'll come when you're at, you're at the right place at the right time when you're ready to heal. Um, but we're not taught this, bro. No one teaches us. That's why I love the work that I do. Is I wasn't taught how to deal with trauma. Right. I wasn't taught how to be emotionally intimate i wasn't taught how to have deep meaningful conversations like i had to learn those skills on my on my own Mm -hmm. and so we're all like we're all inner childs just in adult bodies i'm still small you know but (laughs) we're all like inner child just in adult bodies and there's a lot of things that we haven't healed and so a lot of you listening right now like yeah you won the money game you lost the healing game bro Mm. 
And because you lost a healing game, you're going to trickle that down to your next girl, the next boy, your daughter, your son. I want to win all games. And so if right now you got the money and you're still a little bit empty, like start going into the healing game. It takes a true man and a true woman to say, I'm struggling with this. I need help. Mm. But we think asking for help is weak. We think getting coaches is weak. We think having people have deep, meaningful conversations and talking about childhood trauma is weak. Yep. But it takes a real man and a real woman to say, I'm stuck. I have trauma or I'm struggling. I have challenges. I need help. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, there's a negative stigma with men uh, expressing their emotions, it seems like. Yeah, it's very interesting, right? I think we were taught by men who didn't know how to deal with their emotions. Yep. Right? And so if, you know, like, by the way, I love my parents. If you're watching, I love you, <laughs> right? Did some great things. But, like, my dad, my dad's a hard right? Yeah. It's like my dad's hard. And why was he hard? Because his dad was hard. You know, his dad was real hard. Right. Right? So my dad was never taught how to deal with that stuff. My dad was never taught how to communicate, potentially love. My dad was never taught how to have deep, meaningful conversations or communicate through feelings. Mm-hmm. No one taught him that. And so remember, we adopt beliefs. So it's like, oh, just be a man. Suck it up. It's like, yeah, that's why suicide rates are the highest. Depression in men is the highest because everyone's telling us to suck it up in society and we have no one to go to. And so we just soothe and stack and stack and we never deal with the root cause. Yeah. Why do you think the, the reason, listen, if you're vaping, if you're smoking, if you're drinking, if you're addicted to whatever it is, you are doing it to escape the feeling that you're not dealing with. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, under the feeling, there's a root cause. Yeah. So are you willing to do the hard work? Most people don't. They'll just drown it out. They'll just smoke it away. They'll just drink it away. They'll just watch it away, you know? And so there is a there is a stigma. And for example, like my brother a couple years ago passed away from a overdose. And maybe he thought asking for help was weak. Mm. I don't know. Right? But like I said, it takes a strong, grounded man and a strong, grounded woman to say, I need help. Yeah. Like, that's the most vulnerable, authentic you can be. Like, you're raw. And guess what? People laugh at you for asking for help, but like, good. That's weak. It's mm-hmm. weak people, you know? Yeah. No, this hits deep, man, because I, I remember when I moved to L.A. from Jersey, uh, I was 22 or 23, and my dad never told me he loved me, like, my whole life. Mm. Like, he didn't know how to express emotions, right? And I still remember this so vividly, dude. We're packing up my apartment and he gave me like a hug. He's never given me a hug before. And like, we just both start crying, dude. Because both of us never really knew how to express emotion or we thought it was weak to do it. Yeah. So that just hit deep. And now when I have kids one day, you know, I'm definitely going to be there emotionally for them. All in, right? Yeah. And I bet you in that moment, he was like, I wish I would have done this sooner. For sure. And you were like, I wish I would have known this sooner. I didn't even know he loved me, dude. Because he didn't know how to show it. Yeah. And that's the thing is, our parents, ready for this? We may have beliefs of like, they didn't love me or they didn't care for me. They loved you, but not in the ways that you wanted to be loved. Mm. They loved you in all the ways, but not the ways that you wanted to be loved. Mm -hmm. When dad's yelling at me, ultimately he wants to protect me. He loves me but you don't correlate yelling with loving. Right. Or sometimes they don't even know how to express love, so all they do is yell. And so that's their form of love, Mm. right? My mom feeds me or my dad cooks me a meal. It's like, that's not saying I love you, but that's his love language. He gives it that way. So it's like oftentimes we have these stories or this perception of our childhood that we weren't loved, but the truth is they loved you in all the ways that you didn't want to be loved. No, that's because maybe Because maybe they didn't know how to love. So bars. And they didn't know how to love. Yeah, and no, even with my mom too. She watches all these episodes, so she's probably watching this. Shout out mom. Shout out to moms, man. But dude, with Asians, you know, it's it's tough love. They won't tell you directly, but they'll, they'll show it through actions, right? Yep. So I still remember... The first time she told me she loved me was like maybe two years ago on the phone. And wow. I, I froze up, right? Wow. Because I didn't know how to react. And I realized she showed me love through just taking care of me and putting me in the right situations, not verbally. Yeah. But she loved me a lot, obviously. But I literally froze up on the phone. I'm like, what did you say? Yeah. And now we tell each other every call we love each other. So beautiful. But that took a lot of healing, bro. 24, 25 years. 24, 25 years. To say that. And guess what? In that moment, the bloodline changed. Mm-hmm. In that defining moment where someone steps up or someone does something uncomfortable, your kids will never be the same because of that moment. Yeah. 
just because that one moment, right? But ultimately, like to to put a little bow on this is like guys and girls, like we weren't taught, and especially like our biggest misconception as kids is that we think our 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 parents had our, had their shit together. Like you think adults have their shit together? <laughs> no, adults don't have their shit together. We're just figuring it out. We're in we're in Earth school. We're all just figuring it out. Yeah. Right. And then also being intentional and communicating like hey i receive love this way do you think you could like love on me this way right you know it's the same thing in relationships you get in relationships and someone does you know someone gives love in a specific way but it's not the way that you receive love it's like that needs to be communicated so you guys can meet your needs so you can meet your 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 love needs yeah. right but most of our things can be resolved through communication and having having those hard conversations and like especially in relationships like ladies Men, that spark and that intimacy and that like crazy sexual energy that you want is on the other side of difficult conversations. After you heal some crazy things, there's gonna be crazy intimacy <laughs> on the other side. I'm just saying, yeah. right? Take it, take take it from someone who knows how to heal some trauma, right? Like especially in relationships, is like on the other side of deep, hard conversations, there is some energy that you haven't witnessed in a very long time. I agree. I used to run away from all those conversations. Me probably, too. probably the first few years of my relationship, but I just sucked it up, dude. But I'm so glad I started conversating more with her about it because it's it's really changed our, our relationship. I love that. Yeah. And I love I I love I love your growth. You know, I love like you're extremely aware and I love that you're constantly improving and, and, and healing things so you can be a better brother, you could be a better son, you could be a better um boyfriend, all of that different things. And and and, and that's the game, you know? Like my friends we think changing a life is this big, drastic, overwhelming thing when, when in reality, in the big league, it's a game of inches. Yep. Like, just get an inch, bro. Just a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit more emotional here, a little bit more, you know, more communication over here. Like, just small shifts that compound over time until one day you look look in the mirror, you're like, damn, mm-hmm. I, I like this person. Yeah, and it's a work in progress, right? We're Always. still changing we'll, right we'll, now. We'll, nev- we'll never stop. Yeah. You know? And, and as, especially as humans, humans love the feeling of progress. And the only, really, a lot of the times when we feel like not so good is when we feel stuck or we feel like we're going backwards, mm. right? But the what's pretty amazing about entrepreneurship and, and personal development and all the things that we do, it's kind of like a trap because the pain of moving forward will never be as painful as the pain of moving backwards. Wow. That's deep. So, for example, if I'm an amazing speaker, I can't stop speaking. Right. I can't stop speaking. Why? I've gotten so good at speaking to the point where if I stop speaking and I know that I'm getting worse, that'd be way more painful than me persisting to continue to be a better speaker. Mm. So the pain of moving backwards will always be greater than the pain of moving forward. I think that's why a lot of pro athletes struggle mentally when they retire. That's a good point. Because they lost their skills. And it's, it's, and it's, a, it's an identity shift. Yeah. They have their whole entire identity tied to this thing. That's how they get their value. That's how they get their validation. That's how they get their claps and their likes and their love. And so it's like, it's an identity thing too. Everything yeah. is tied to that identity. And then when they don't have it anymore, it comes crashing down, right? Yeah. Have you gone through periods of feeling stuck, like you mentioned earlier, depression, anxiety? I'm always stuck. <laughs> I'm always stuck. Um, yeah. I think every single season is is a very beautiful season to be in. You know, I'm a big believer and this is just this is just the law of the universe is that the pendulum always swings. Right. The money will be up, then money will be down. The excitement will be up, the excitement will be down. The fulfillment will be high, the fulfillment will be down. But what's beautiful is that if you're lost, on the other side of loss is found. <laughs> and if you're found, stay there cuz it feels good, but one day you're going to be lost again, right? And so that's the beautiful thing and and I have a little uh, a rhyme is there's a reason for every season because in every season there's a lesson what a blessing right and so embrace all the seasons embrace the uncertainty embrace the fear embrace the insecurity season embrace the stuck season but yeah I get, I'm I'm stuck a lot you know like even recently yeah people think it's it goes away once you mm. get financially successful but it really doesn't no I think you know I was I was stuck a couple months ago where I was like should I continue this mindset stuff? I don't know what to do. Do I want to coach my whole life? Do I want to mentor? Do I want to speak? Like all this different type of stuff. And in that season of being stuck, 
instead of soothing, I make sure like I'm not using any substances, mm. right? Because it's so easy to mask the feeling of stuck, right. mask the insecurity. We do it with all these different things. So I make sure I'm as, as raw as I am and I kind of just sit in my diaper, sit in my shitty diaper, right? And I feel it and I just go throughout the season. Another thing is, is when you're feeling stuck, it's like lean on a sisterhood or a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the most important things is your community, like having people that they'll support you, but they'll also challenge you, like, yo, get up, you know, like, it's okay, you right. know, life, life's great, you know, and, and it and happens to very high-level individuals, you know, like, I have a, I have a buddy who, we, you know, we have a joke, and he'll, he'll call me, and he'll be like, I'm in a low, you know, a low emotional state, and I'll be like, yeah, bro, it must be hard rolling out of your mansion into your urus, you know, <laughs> like, I get it, like, what are you about, right, and we talk each other up, and so it's okay to be stuck, it's okay to be lost, because on the other side of loss is found, um, and new levels new devils right yeah it's like you're gonna you're gonna upgrade and you're gonna have a different level of stuck you're gonna upgrade and you're gonna have a different set of problems mm-hmm. right but people who are mediocre and who are sitting on the couch aren't stuck only people who are actually intentional about building things get stuck and get problems oh that's a good point yeah so what if every time you experience feeling stuck or any time that you experience a problem, it was a sign from your creator that you're actually moving in the right direction? Mm. Would you have a different relationship with stuck? Would you have a different relationship with problems? Yeah. For pro- Problems for me are just worthy opponents. Love that. I'm like, here we go. Another problem that I got to solve. It's necessary to grow. 100%. Yeah. So, it's not smooth sailing. Like people see on social media, like it's really not smooth sailing at all. And and sometimes I wish it was, you know, sometimes I wish I was chilling, yeah. but then again, like we get bored. No, you know, we like, get bored, man. When I'm on yeah. vacation, yo, day four or five, I'm like, <laughs> I want to go home and work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love working. hundred yeah. percent. That's, that's cause you understand that you're making a massive difference. I feel like every, every single one of us have an assignment. Some people don't understand their assignment until they're 50. Yeah. Some people don't understand their assignment until they're 20. Some people find it very early on, but all of you have an assignment and you have something to give and you are most qualified to serve others in the very thing that you've overcome. Mm-hmm. If you've overcome addiction, you can help people in addiction. If you overcome weight loss, you can help people with weight loss. If you overcome people you know, getting better at dating, go help them with dating. If it's podcasting, podcasting. But we are most qualified to teach what we've overcome and, and the result that we get. Absolutely. And so I think there's a lot of time there's coaches out there who are coaching, but they don't have results. It's like, yo, get, go get the results for yourself and then turn around and condense time for people. But people need you. Like you listening to this right now, like... My story is only going to resonate with so many people, but your story, your testimony, your traumas, they need you. Mm-hmm. And remember, every day that you don't share your story and you don't share the things that you've overcome, someone's suffering out there because they haven't met you yet and it's selfish of you. Yeah. And think about the trickle effect, right? So let's say 100,000 people watch this. Yeah. And let's say 10% of them inspire 100 people. I mean, you can impact millions of lives. Endless. Yeah. And this, right? Especially with social media these days. Yeah. And that's how you and I got here, right? Is because someone had a result and turned around and mentored us. Mm-hmm. That's why we got there fast. Yeah. Right. And so I'm just I'm just an offering, bro. You mm-hmm. know, it's like I'm I'm a you know, you could see like I, I got my cross on, but I'm not like I wouldn't hang out with most Christians and I wouldn't I'm not very religious, but I've studied Christ in a way that I realized that in my personal life. Christ was an offering, right? He gave himself to the world. And so my intention every single day is to become the greatest version of myself and just give it. Wow. Like my knowledge, the things that I've overcome, my traumas, all the things that I've overcome, like let me give it to the world so someone doesn't have to suffer like I did. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. And if you help enough people get what they want, you can have anything you want in life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. And there's Give it all you... away. Give it all away. Yeah, that's definitely a goal of mine. Give as much knowledge as I've learned. Why would you want to die with that? You know, give it away, inspire future generations. 100%. Keep, keep it living on, you yeah. know? And you look at the greats, like, you know, my mentor, Tony Robbins, is like, there's the only reason why there's a Tony Robbins is because there was a Jim Rohn. Mm-hmm. But imagine Jim Rohn didn't share his knowledge. Yeah. Who knows how many people wouldn't have gotten impacted. And so I think it's a, I think it's an interesting way to be immortalized. Absolutely. You know, like you're always going to be out there. But then again, I also think, by the way, like, you're, y'all, y'all are so scared to like talk to the guy or girl. Y'all are so scared. You're like waiting for the perfect time to drop your course, your webinar. Like you're going to (laughs) die. I'm just saying like you're going to die and you're going to expire. And how dare you think that you have a year? Mm. 
How dare you think you have five years? How dare you think you have three months? You do not know when you're going to die. And so oftentimes people don't take action because they think they got it forever. Yeah. But even at 27 years old, death is a constant reminder for me to execute swiftly and to pursue what I want. Yeah. You're going to die. And then also think about, this is a little, little harsh, but also think about like, you're going to die and then the bird's still bird. The water still flows. The earth still spins, unless you believe in flat earth. We, we, we don't need <laughs> to go down there, right? But the world keeps going on. And so, yo, just live your game. Living in the game. Live your matrix. Do whatever you want to do because you don't know when it's going to end. Like, literally, I'm not, I'm not every single night, even at 27. I go to sleep and I'm like, this could be it. Wow. This could be it. It's nuts at 27. I don't know. I got something going on. Maybe I got to heal you it. You have a fear right? of death? 100%. Why yeah. does it scare you so much? Fear of death? I think I'm, uh, we love control, right? It's like we love control and we, and, and humans hate uncertainty, mm. right? So that's why we have stories or religions or things for, so we can attach to something and believe that we know what's going to happen. But right. I feel like we, we love control. We don't like the uncertainty and the, the thought of not boop, black, like, you know, like freaks me yeah. out. I mean, I definitely have to go do ayahuasca or something. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely had a fear for a while, but as I've gone on this little spiritual journey I'm on, I think I've accepted it a little more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely still a little scared, but I used to fear it a lot too. Yeah. For sure. And, and it, ain't, it ain't going anywhere. The, you know, like death ain't going anywhere. Yeah, you can't escape You know, it. like Jim Rowe would say, life's so risky, none of us are getting out alive. Yeah. Right? Um, but it's a great reminder for me to pursue what I want. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of humans that get to 50, 60 years old and like, oh, yeah, right. And I always say like on my deathbed, I want to have more remember whens and less what ifs. Love that. That's key. Absolutely. With the advancements in AI, technology, medical space, if someone offered you legs and arms, would you take it? Wow. That's a great question. Are they permanent or can I take them off? I guess, would you want them to be interchangeable like off and on? Yeah. Um, it's a great question. I would take the legs if I could take them off. I'd take the arm if I could take it off. But I think ultimately the combination of my unique vessel and my ability to articulate and transform is the ultimate package for me to transform lives. Mm. And so, you know, I was just on another show before this and we were talking about, talking about, you know, a creator. And I was like, you know, my, my creator, you know, just forgot a few parts. <laughs> he's like, he didn't forget. He's like, he made you exactly how you were supposed to be to be the messenger here on earth. Wow. And so I was like, well, that's really profound. And so um, I love my unicorn body now, yeah. you know, and, and I feel like when people can see me, they're watching this and they could be like, dude, this guy's so confident with no legs, one arm. They're like, it gives them evidence. It's inspiring. You know, it gives them evidence. And I think, yeah, I'm just a messenger, bro. Like I, that's my belief is, you know, God put me here with a very unique vessel. Mm -hmm. And at first, like I hated the vessel. I didn't know what the vessel, I didn't understand my assignment. And now right. I understand my assignment. And Beautiful. so I'm just, don't shoot the messenger. I'm yeah. just here to, I'm just here to talk that talk. And you hated it for a majority of your life, right? Yeah, bro. Um, I'm 27. So I've, I've hated it since, I've only been enjoying it for 10 years. Wow. Isn't that crazy? crazy? I've only been enjoying this sexy body. No, I'm just kidding. For 10, <laughs> for 10 years. Yeah. And look how much I've accomplished in 10 years. Yeah. Right? Just with that mindset shift. Just with the shift, bro. Yeah. And there's only four people in the world like you, right? Yeah, not as beautiful, not as articulate, of course, <laughs> not as rich. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Have you met them? Um, I've met one. Nice. Um, Gabe. I met Gabe, um, no arms or legs, and wow. also born with hand heart syndrome. Um, but at the time of my birth in 1996, I was the 12th baby in medical history that I've ever seen it happen to. None of the 12 during 1990, in by that time, eight of them have died. Crazy. And so usually they're born with undeveloped organs and I got the limbs part. And so when <laughs> I was born, they did tests on my organs and my organs came back 100% healthy. Nice. I got all my organs and uh, Even we're rocking and rolling. Ones? Yep. Yep. We're Let's rocking go, and rolling. Baby. Yeah. We're so <laughs> baby Nick's running around. <laughs> years. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Little Nick's running around. That's cool. Yeah. I'm man. chilling, bro. I'm chilling right now. Um, You know, 27. I don't know. I think about it. Do I want to bring kids into this screwed up place? It is something. I'm to think just about. saying. All right. I'm just saying. Yeah. Right. It's it's wild out here, bro. It's wild it's in wild. the game. You know. Sometimes I think about like, yo, I did not sign up for this. Like, why am I here? I did not <laughs> sign up to be here to go through all this stuff. But um, 
you know, I think aligned with a lot of people is like when I have kids or if I have kids, you know, I will develop their beliefs. I will educate them. They'll be homeschooled. Yeah. Um, they will be put in specific environments where they're indoctrinated in an empowering way. Yep. Um, but who knows where the world's going to go? We don't know if we're going to be around. Who yeah. knows? I mean, yeah, with everything going on, you'd be an amazing father, though, for real. Thank you. I could see it. But yeah, dude. until they grow taller than me and beat my <laughs> ass, you know? Like, my five-year-old's taller than me. He's like, all right, Dad, now I'm in charge. Let's end it on this. Who wins in a wrestling match, you or Zion Clark? Zion. He's got two arms. I'll tell you why. He's got two arms. He's got both grip strength. I see, it's a wrap. What if one arm was tied behind his back? Why, we want to do a, a pay-per-view? And, 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 <laughs> yeah, we might have to make run that it up undercard of Jake Paul or something, <laughs> you know? Um, good question. I would watch it. One arm tied behind his back. No, this is like me like trying to get advantage and stuff. Bottom line is, Zion, you have both your arms. Bro, it's funny. I'm cool with Zion. I just saw him. Yeah. But Zion, I know it because of wrestling and jiu-jitsu. It's like grip strength goes a long way, right. right? So he has both his arms and he has grip strength. I would be done. And I'm man enough to say that I would get my Okay. Right? Now, no legs. If you look just like me, one finger, yeah. we're going at it. Going <laughs> at it. Zion, luckily... I love you, and luckily you love me, and I'm not trying to find anybody, all right? Um, <laughs> but Zion, if we want to start talking together and then put together like an undercard for one of these things and make a bag. I think that might go viral. I've seen like, <laughs> I've seen dwarfs fighting. That, that's it pretty well. I think Barstool did that one. All right, yeah. I like it. Good <laughs> ended question. All right. Anything you want to close off with, my man? Anything I want to close off with, I would say stay curious stay curious love a lot laugh a lot stop harboring negative emotions because life is way too short to be pissed off and angry mm. and nothing is missing everything you want all the answers everything you want everything you want to achieve you have the power inside of you and, and nothing's missing and please don't let a man with no legs and one arm outwork you in this matrix love that you heard it here guys what a powerful message great interview one of the best ever honestly i've done 350 of these you should <laughs> thanks for watching guys as always see you next time send in love